out of ways in humans. Hello, welcome to episode six of the Art of Raising Humans podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Wester. I'm Sarah Wester. And today we're going to talk about something that was very challenging for us initially. Maybe I speak for myself, but um, I was quite surprised at how big the emotions were when we had kids. And I had no idea. If you told me we're working on emotional regulation, I would have said, what? What are you talking about? I feel kind of dumb because I was a counselor before we had kids. And um, when we had them, I was like, these kids have really gigantic emotions. I mean, on a scale of zero to 10, especially Abby when she was little, oh my Lord, it was like at least an eight once a day. Wouldn't you say like somewhere it would get up to a seven or eight, maybe that big? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, this ain't happening in this house. (laughs) And I would just get so emotional back because I was just shocked. I just thought, what is happening? Like, I want a peaceful home. So, I mean, tell me, what what were your thoughts going into it about emotional regulation? Well, again, I'd worked with lots of little kids. So I expected the emotion. And I knew that that was normal. And I know um, as a society, we kind of think, ugh, emotion. Just stuff it. You're, You're... you're just this great person if you can just pack all that emotional oh, yeah. waste, get in some yeah, hide right it there. down there. No one wants to see yeah, it. Yeah, let it come out in your physical health or something. Don't let it actually come out in your emotions. So, or I think there's this trend of no, let's have feelings, but then they're just messy and they're yeah. just poured out and people. So we don't know what to do with emotions if we're packing them away and can't feel them or stuffing them. You know, don't cry. Or we're just a big mess of emotion. Both of those are not actually regulating emotion. Yeah. And so I want. I knew. I knew from working with kids and from the learning that I had the privilege to be a part of. I wanted to actually be able to because I too I believed don't have the emotion. You were actually more an, of an emotional person. Sometimes when just, I'd see, just anger. <laughs> yeah, just anger. Yeah, the other emotions just turn yeah, into anger because right. the other emotions we don't want to feel. Exactly. But anger felt yes. Safe to yes. have. Exactly. Right. So I would see you and Abby when she's two years old. She'd have these big tantrums emotions and then it seemed like you were just trying to meet her and then beat her <laughs> yeah the i was gonna overwhelm her <laughs> so then she would pack that <laughs> exactly up precisely so i didn't have to and, see it anymore right and or or it just comes in you just look at your child like you better pack that emotion up yeah. you know give them that look yeah. the look of mm-hmm. not now we're mm-hmm. not having a tantrum we're at the grocery store and that will be so embarrassing and and it is right we've all been there where your child is having this big outburst and you're at a play date or you're at the grocery store or and the judgy eyes cut turn your way whether they're actually judging you or not you think they are yeah You're judging yourself either way. Right. So emotions, emotional regulation is a big deal. And I knew that I wanted my children to feel the feelings, learn emotional regulation. I had been practicing that with these other children I was working with. But it is different when it's in your home and it's day to day. And I felt I'm such a good stuffer that I felt sort of I have this still now. It's something I have to work through. Um, how do you do that? How do you feel it? Sometimes I feel like, oh, it's so messy. And then, no, let's just pack it up. And no, I don't want to just pack it up. And so it was 
I know what my goal is, but it's something I still work out daily with yeah. my children, with myself. And I know this, once again, I, I sound really, um, when I say this out loud, it's almost embarrassing, but I was in my thirties <laughs> and I thought I have every right to have all these big emotions, but this little kid <laughs> needs to figure out what to do with these. Yeah. It never hit me that she might be mirroring what I'm doing. It just, it's mm. so weird. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think that, that I could yell, I could scream, I could get mad. But she was supposed to somehow be able to have self-control, you know, yeah. and, and, and it didn't it didn't hit me until just a few key moments. There's a few there's, I can think of, I won't tell the stories you know, today, but there were a few key moments where I thought, wait, I think she's feeling jealousy right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Like jealousy's big. She's never felt it. Before. No wonder that's so hard. She's never felt that feeling before. Mm-hmm. Or she's feeling embarrassed or she's feeling disappointment. Mm-hmm. And those are big feelings that I've had a, a lifetime to work with. Mm-hmm. She's never, ever felt these things before. Why am I expecting more out of her ability to yeah. control her emotions and regulate them than I'm expecting out of myself? It's almost like I'm saying to her, I need you to get control of yourself so then I can control myself. Mm-hmm. I'm putting all of the impetus on my on the kid. And I, I didn't care in my mind if there were two, three, four, five. I don't care how young you were. If I was getting upset, my, my weird thought process was, I need you to not be upset. So then that way I won't become upset. Yeah. And I think we look at their, their upset because they're upset they can't get this certain cookie or Mm -hmm. there was a toy at the store they wanted or their blocks fell down, right? We look at their upset and we think that's nothing to be upset about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Get over it. Exactly. But when we hold them in a different way than just this, I'm up here, you're down there, I'm going to decide what you can be upset about. When we hold them as what step into their shoes that is their world and just like someone else could look at me and go that's what you're upset about yeah and i would not that that would offend me that would be it would belittle you yes Yes. you can't look at my world and tell me what i can or can't be upset about i mean they can but yes yeah we wouldn't do that we wouldn't think that was okay but we then do that to our children we have to put ourselves in their shoes that block that cookie that whatever is going on is the equal thing to my car getting wrecked or in my world if i'm in their shoes they're the equal thing so if i hold them in that that position that place of honoring them and their feelings then then i look at their emotion as wow they're feeling this really big thing and i used to tell myself i don't have it all together and i'm whatever age i was and but i'm expecting them they've been on the earth two years or five years what eight years yeah and i have this higher some of what you said this higher expectation that you should have it together in the eight years you've been here yeah even though when i take an honest look at myself i don't have it all so maybe i shouldn't have that expectation on them besides the brain and what's going on of course it makes me think of being in the line at chick-fil-a one time and 
And I remember one day, it was a really beautiful day. The lime was taking longer than normal. It's simply Chick-fil-A is super quick and it's fast. That's, that's why we like to go there because it's so quick. And of course the kids like the food. But so we're in line and I'm like, it's a pretty day. I have the, the sunroof down on the car, the windows down, listen to some music. It's taking a little longer. I don't even care because I'm having a great day. Then I remember Abby was maybe four or five. She kicks the chair in front of her and says, come on already. What's taking so long? <laughs> and I was like, what is up with Abby? And then I thought, wait, that's the same tantrum I have thrown many times, whether it's at a red light driving or whether it's in a drive-thru. I have said that many times. So going back to you saying how we judge the other thing, like some of the stuff I get upset about is ridiculous. <laughs> like I, I know I've been in line um, sitting there waiting for food and somebody is taking a long time and I'll have all these weird thoughts about like, how much food did you stinking buy? Who are you buying for? Like, you need to go through a couple of times if you're going to order that much food. Stop making <laughs> us all wait. I have all these like, or who's that incompetent person inside like all these yeah. judgments will be happening which then justifies me getting upset and then i'm modeling to the kids and then saying they shouldn't have all those right yeah. i mean or so many times when when like you would be at work and i'd be taking care of the kids and i would have a checklist and most of my upset was about the kids getting in the way of my checklist you know and yeah. i noticed on the days i didn't have a checklist when i really just wanted to just be with them and maybe we go run this errand or not it didn't matter I just wasn't as upset. But when I had places to be, places to go, it was incumbent upon the kids to all control their emotions and subjugate their feelings to mine because my my needs were always going to trump theirs. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting because I can actually meet my own needs and they actually couldn't, you know? Mm-hmm. And they actually have to have me help them in many cases meet their needs, whether it's yeah. for food or even to get love and stuff as well, you know? So I, I found that to be a real disparity in the expectations I had on myself compared to what I had on them, you know? So, so, so when it comes to emotional regulation, I, I want, I think what we needed to do and what we're talking about here is how to shift how we view emotion. Okay. Like you talked about how we view it as pretty, um, um, inconvenient is pretty messy. You know, it almost like someone, when someone gets really emotional, it's like they're just throwing up stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so how do you view emotion? Like when you see a big outburst going, how do you approach the feeling? Well, now, not that this is automatic, sometimes okay. I do yeah, very sure. intentionally remind myself this is how I view emotion, but okay. emotion is being human and it is where we're at in our brain. So, I don't know, did you want to talk about the brain? And, and of course, go ahead. Touch yeah. on, we've Dive touched on this before, yeah. but, but... In the episode two. Yes, in episode... <laughs> okay, out of all the episodes, That's right, yes, go yeah, back so, to yes, two. Yes, we went, yeah. Um, but the but so I won't dive into a lot of it. But it's our amygdala. It's yeah. it's something is threatened inside of us. Our safety, our sense of feeling loved and valued. Something is going on. Even if your emotion of having to wait in line and being yeah. frustrated by that, it's not that oh bad you for feeling yeah. frustrated. Yes, yeah. Grow you up. Could, right. Yeah. Um, you could be more patient, but there's probably, if we dove into that, even that silly thing of frustrated over standing in line, there'd be something there. Of course. There's something to that. That's why the emotion is there. And so we can hold that and value that. We can show ourselves compassion. It's hard. I have a lot to do today. I'm stressed about it. Having to take this extra time sitting in line is going to put me behind on this other stuff. And I'm just making up this scenario, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but there's something to that. So we want to take the emotion and hold it with compassion and empathy and say, this is where they're at. Let's find out. There's that face value of what is happening, but there's something but below that. 
And I want to value that. I want to value the emotion. The emotion is there for a reason. It's our body. It's telling, it's telling us something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's telling us. And it's a chance when my child has that big emotion. It is that chance for me to move in, connect with them, teach regulation. Because I want to know that even as a grown-up. When I'm feeling stressed, when I'm devastated over a large loss, what do I do with this emotion? Because it can hang us up. It can affect our health. Yep. It can affect our... We, we all know this. We know how much emotion stored in our bodies, it doesn't help us. We want to be able to feel the emotion. We want to float, let the emotion flow through. It should pass. Healthy emotion would be you feel it. It, it tells you something you do. You, you move through it and it goes on. It doesn't get hung up in us. And um, that's what I want for my children. Yeah. That's what I want for myself. It's, so what you're saying, it's a valuable skill, just like brushing your teeth, learning how to sleep, right? Um, learning how to use the restroom. These are skills that we feel like we've got to help teach our kids. And that was really eye-opening to me is I have to teach my kids this. And how do I teach it? First, by modeling it. I first have got to practice it myself. I've got to see the emotion, not as bad, but as just to be curious about it. Like, why is it there? You know, even on our good days in our marriage, if you're frustrated or upset, I'm curious. I'm just thinking, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And typically, well, every time there's a reason, <laughs> typically it's a, it's a reason that totally makes sense. And then typically I can say, Hey, let me help you with that. Or can I support you on that? Or just through talking it out, it, it totally helps you. Right. And same with me as well. And so to come at it, that emotional regulation is not something the kid is born able to do. Now, as their prefrontal yeah. cortex comes online, they're more capable of doing it, but it's still a skill that needs to be modeled and then taught. Yeah. That prefrontal cortex comes online for you to be able to learn it. It's not like, Oh, I've matured and I just naturally am going to be able to do this. Even though you're physically capable of walking, you have to learn it. Your brain has to learn how to move your legs and, and so balance and all of that. Same with emotional re regulation. Your brain may be able to learn it, but you could have a 50-year-old who's never learned emotional regulation. So it's I've a seen skill. That. Yeah. Yes, we've all actually been <laughs> there sure. probably where yes. we weren't regulated I'm, ourselves. Yeah, I'm not there yet, but I probably will be. <laughs> Yes. But we want, but it's a skill we all want to learn. Yes. And then we want to teach our children. And of course, our children are going to learn by watching us. Yeah. And watching us how we do it together, even yeah. as a couple, right? When we yeah. start escalating, I'm thinking of a few key ways. Um, one, one, well, one, I want to hit this idea first that Dr. Markham, when she was teaching me um, to become a peaceful parenting coach, is I'd never heard this before about how most parenting models that, that we've, we've grown up in or been taught are more behavior based. And so the focus is to just change the behavior. So when I see the kids screaming or crying or throwing a tantrum or whatever it is, the, the different tactics, whether it's like a timeout, whether it's a spanking or these kind of, these are all behavior based approaches to stop the behavior. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't help speak to the feeling, the emotion that first instigated the behavior. You know? And so, so, so Markham talked about how in the history of parenting, you have these behavior-based approaches, and then you've got these emotion-based approaches that are more about parenting from the inside out, like seeing the emotion not as something to stop, but as something to help them regulate. And then once you do that, just like in a marriage, if you help me, if I'm upset and you empathize with me, you, you use that yeah. as a skill, and then the anger dissipates because I feel connected with you. Because like you're saying, in the brain, when I'm in that uh, amygdala, the limbic system area, I want connection. I feel alone. I feel like nobody understands why I'm so upset. And when you connect with me, just like we do with our kids, mm -hmm. it helps the feeling pass through. So then they can actually shift and then the behavior will be better as a result. Mm -hmm. 
sort of a, a to me, a, a funny way of saying it, a simple way of saying it is there's cookies sitting on the table. And I've set up, my kids don't know it, but if they reach for that cookie, they're going to get zapped. Mm. And so there's that external force stopping them from taking a cookie. Yeah. So they've got this, I want a cookie, yeah. but then I'm going to get zapped. So I don't get the cookie because I'm going to get zapped if I do. Or there's this, I have taught them to manage and regulate the I want the cookie. So something inside of them is deciding not to reach for the cookie now because of something inside of them, not this external force. So that's where the punishment is, that external force. But we want to cultivate and build something inside of them that can look at that and regulate and have patience and manage the desire for the cookie versus just being controlled not to get the cookie. Well, I love that example because some, some, there are some kids that, that we've helped that if there was a donut sitting out, they would just take it. It was almost like they had no ability to look at the donut, stop and, and think, I want that donut. I, I feel, mm -hmm. I feel excited about that donut, mm -hmm. but is this the right time to have the donut? Is this mm -hmm. an appropriate time to have it? Have I had enough donuts already, right? They actually have that thought process. That's yeah. called self-control and studies will show that that's a sign of a successful kid, you know? Yeah, when like, they grow up, yes. it, it shows that can predict. Yes, it's a better predictor of a kid being able to be successful. Yeah. It, going back to the famous marshmallow experiment and all those kind of mm -hmm. things where the kid's able to not have the one marshmallow and able to wait for the second. You know, and some mm -hmm. kids couldn't wait at all. They just stuffed it in their mouth, you know, mm -hmm. but but the, the ability to wait. And so one of the ways I liked helping, uh, as, as you're talking about, the cookie one brought to my mind was one way I like helping connect with the kids is just a, a fun skill of, of when the kid wanted a cookie and I said, no, we've had enough cookies is then to be able to just imagine with them what it'd be like to be able to have as many mm -hmm. cookies as we wanted. And so that they may say, I want another cookie. And they start to throw a tantrum instead of saying, which I may have in the past said, I'm tired of telling you this. Why do you, why do you let sugar control you? You know, like, I, I might've given them a whole lecture. I might've like give them a tongue lashing or try to shame them into not asking for the cookie. Um, but what I found was more fun was just to admit those cookies were good. I really like those cookies too. How many cookies would you have if I let you have all those cookies? And the kid would typically say, I'd have like 10 and I'd be like 10 I wouldn't stop at 10 those were great you know and so just what I found almost every time I did that the kid felt like I got it I connected. Then I was able to, because I was regulating my emotions, able then to give them that gift, you know, give them the gift of regulation. And then the kid could feel what that feels like to want the cookie, but not have to have the cookie now. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was also a similar experience. We can go through things that are really hard. I could be really sad, really mad, really whatever it is. And if somebody's with me going through it, mm -hmm. it's going to help so much. And it'll help me handle it. It'll help me get through it. It'll help me, you know. And so so there's this ice test. Yes. And yeah. I don't remember. Do you remember who it was? I don't remember who it was. You'd have to look it up. But I think it was in the book called Why Bad Things Happen to Good People. But you, so yeah. one person is in ice and they so they showed that if somebody is sitting in that they have they're they're in the ice too they can last longer than if they're alone in the ice. almost double yeah almost double so that's just such a such a clear picture of when we are going through the big emotions with our child and it wasn't the person wasn't sitting there going oh the ice is warm you didn't stop whining about it you know they were just with them in in the discomfort just be with your child in the discomfort and they will get through it and so it's similar to you just saying, oh, I want the cookie too. The cookies are so great. Let's have 20 cookies. I wish we yeah. could have 20 cookies. That's just sitting in the ice with them. And and so I, I love that example of there's a there's a children's book called The Listening Rabbit. 
Oh, I yes, think. I think you're right. Yes. And and it's a great book. Yeah, if you have a right. chance to pick it up, maybe mm-hmm. uh, read it, get it from the library or something. But it's about a rabbit. A boy is upset because the blocks fell down. And it goes through the different animals, and it and it just shows. It's a great example, great picture book for you and your child to see what it's like to sit with someone who has big emotions, yeah, and help them move through the emotion, and and through that they're regulating. I think what's cool about it, as you're saying that is, is one. I don't. I realized I wasn't comfortable with my own negative emotions. Like mm-hmm. I was okay with anger, but I really wasn't comfortable being scared. You know, I really wasn't comfortable being sad. You know, those kind of things kind of bothered me, you know, made me feel weak and helpless. And I didn't like it. And I think that's why I didn't like it in our kids. When I saw them scared, weak and helpless, it was kind of gross. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel, unfortunately, compassion. I wanted it to go away. I wanted my kids to be strong, you know, able to take care of themselves, you know, this kind of stuff. And I think kind of because I, I, I want to feel that within myself, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I see the weakness in them, it reminds me of the weakness in me that we do actually need each other. Mm-hmm. You know, that we're not meant to just be on our own, just independent people who just take care of our own. We actually need each other to help each other with that. And that, that neediness can be kind of scary, you know, because being alone is, is a scary thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I remember in being okay with that, with the kids actually helped me be okay with that in me or, or more okay to where when I did feel afraid or hurt or scared, I could say that. And mm-hmm. I, I could say, hey, I need some help, you know, in the same way the kids were un, they were they were not ashamed <laughs> to say they needed help when they felt those things. And that's beautiful. It's cool yeah. that they reached out to you or me Actually, and said, I need help. They're born that way. I mean, and we see that with babies. They cry. They cry when they're hungry and they cry when they're tired. They cry when they're scared, but they also just cry when they're bored. Mm-hmm. They cry when they just need you to hold them. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And we think, I've got to teach this baby to be independent. They need to self-soothe. They need to be able to have a lone playtime. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we, we get so focused and worried that they're not going to grow up to be mm. functioning, hum- you know, yeah, grown-up yeah. adults yeah. that we think we have to really force this on yeah. them. But the funny thing is they're seeing that if you co-regulate with your baby, they will learn regulation faster. Yeah. If yeah. your four-year-old is screaming and crying and upset, if you're with them and breathing and yeah. holding them, they will learn that skill by watching you. Yeah. They yeah. co-regulate with them yeah. and they will learn emotional regulation. And yeah. they will not be throwing tantrums at 30 because they learned it at this young age of, I can hold this emotion. I can feel the emotion. It's not going to be too much. I will survive it. I will get through it. I can be sad. I can breathe. And then I can move on. Well, that reminds me of of that idea of these conflicts. Let's call this like these big emotions create a conflict with us and our kid. And it's an opportunity. That's what I keep hearing you say. It's an opportunity for us to either grow closer together, become more intimate with our kids, or send them off and isolate from them. You know, Mm -hmm. and to where then they are basically given the message. It's your job to figure this out on your own, Mm -hmm. as opposed to let me help you with this. Let me model. Right. And Mm -hmm. really, once we embrace that idea, these moments of emotion, I I can see it. I I can see when I'm isolating from them, when I'm kind of like, I don't want to pull back. Yeah, I I can feel myself pull away from it and be like, and then I'm more harsh. I'm more impatient. I'm more annoyed. Mm -hmm. But when I move in. That's actually going back to connection, which you talked about in the previous episode. That's where the deep, deep connection happens is in these moments. You know, we actually get to uh, so many times the best techniques we've come up with 
that's helped each of them individually has happened because we've been there with them. You know, mm -hmm. we found out that maybe what worked for Abby didn't work for Brennan. What worked for Brennan didn't work for Ellie. Mm -hmm. what, uh, or some worked across the board and they were all great. So whether it was from deep breathing, I remember when Abby hated deep breathing. <laughs> Abby mm -hmm. would not, Abby would not do it. Brennan liked it, right? Yeah. I, I remember we used the self-control board from a conscious discipline. Dr. Becky Bailey has this board. We had a safe place and Abby hated that too. But Brennan sometimes would say, Abby, come do this with me. I'm going to invite her into that. And as a brother and sister, they would be helping regulate each other. It was really cool. Um, or you come up with ideas of just like, hey, did that help you calm down quicker? Or did that, was, was that, was that kind of hurtful to you getting regulated? And just using that kind of language. You can talk to kids that way. Little, little kids. Yeah. Th that yeah. They want we to, did it from yeah. baby. It, it's not your job to regulate them. It is our job to help them regulate and then give that skill to them. So mm -hmm. then by the time they're teenagers, when their emotions are getting big again, they have a whole tool belt full of tools where they know how to regulate. I know for Abby, we figured out what drawing was hers. You know, she really yeah. enjoyed art and drawing. It was really, that's not something Brennan's ever done. You know, Brennan's never really gone to drawing, but Abby would express herself in those times with art and then show us her feelings sometimes through the art. I remember one night even she was really too excited. Her, her excitement was really big because she was going to do something fun the next day. And I asked her, she woke up in the middle of the night. I got a dry race board and she drew what she was excited about. And that helped her rest. And that mm -hmm. was something I never would have thought of. I would have saw that as like, you need to go to bed. We're going to be so tired tomorrow. And I would have gotten really yeah. upset. But instead of just accepting the emotion, finding a way for her or him to express it, then helped calm it down and regulate. Yeah. I, th I think we have to remember that our, we will have emotions and especially there's certain ages. We haven't touched on this, but your brain is going to have a lot going on when you're up to five years old. You'll see this little calm down. There won't be quite as many emotions a lot of times in elementary years, but you're at the teenage years and it's going to burst out again because of all the things the brain is doing. Mm -hmm. And we have to give grace to that. These kids have their brains are doing things that they don't have any. It's wiring, it's pruning, and that can that can bring a lot of emotion with yeah. it. Yep. So we have to remember this is where they're at developmentally. We we've already touched on it's as humans we all feel all these big emotions, and by sending our kid off, you're mad. Go be by you know you need to go until you're not mad yeah. or yeah. you're really sad. Let's just close that up and pack that sadness away. Those things aren't we're finding not as effective. There yeah. are times yeah. I just need a moment to sure. calm myself yeah, down. Get some space. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that distance is always a bad thing. If a yeah. kid says, "I just give me a minute. I need yep. to go. Great. Yep. Okay. Let me support that. You know, but, but we have to remember that sometimes the first move is to move in, mm -hmm. move into the yeah. relationship. Yep. I remember Abby would be really, really mad and I would, I would do time with her when mm -hmm. she was really mad mm -hmm. and, and she would let me hold her and mm -hmm. I would just hold her and she'd be really mad and crying and upset yeah. that she couldn't yeah. have something she wanted. You know, this is two, three, four. That's the age I'm talking about in this case. But she would, by feeling my calm, and I'd even say to her, you know, I am calm. I love you. And yeah. she got to a point where she'd say, Mom, I need your calm. Yeah. And she would come to me and want me just to hug her so she could just sort of suck that calmness yes, <laughs> from yes, me, yes, you know, yes. just pull it out. Yep. And we can offer that to our children. We can come to them. If I can regulate, not that I always do it perfect. Sometimes sure. I'm upset too. But if I'm regulated, I can lend them. I can give that to them. They can pull it from me yeah. to help regulate themselves. I think in later episodes, we'll do some specific stuff even more, you know, because I'm, I'm thinking of it was really cool one time when Abby and I got into a discussion. I was getting upset with 
with her about something and Abby was able to say to me at like five, dad, you getting mad isn't helping me. I need to calm down. Help me calm down. And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. <laughs> this is neat because in the moment I wasn't even thinking about it. I just wanted her to stop doing whatever she was doing, but she was able to articulate to me that her emotions were getting too big and she was losing control of herself and she needed me to maintain self-control to then give it to her. It was awesome. So I would encourage all the people listening to start having that conversation with your kids today about using words like emotional regulation, just like you would brushing your teeth, just like you would going to the restroom. It's a skill that they're going to need, especially in this anxious kind of time we live in where yeah. so many kids I'm seeing are dealing with high, high levels of anxiety and they don't know what to do with those feelings. How do we, how do we feel it? Not just yeah. how do we feel it yep. and then move through. That's great. Move. Yeah. So I want to encourage all the listeners to please do everything you can to, if, you know, if you like what you're hearing, if it's helpful to please review it, um, you know, please give us you know, five stars if you'd like to, that'd be amazing. And then comment on it, share it, uh, all those ways in which it helps our podcast get up to where it's more seen and, and can help more families. And I also want to point you to our website, www.parentinglegacy.com, where you can find some courses that we have there online where you can purchase and dive into this stuff even more for your family or you and your spouse can work on some things together. Mm -hmm.